Well, good morning, church. It's a cold morning here in Pretoria. Amen. (laughs) Praise the Lord. But it's so good to be in the Lord's presence and to be encouraged by Him. I know it is a very cold season, but um, I know some of us are going through a rather hard time. (laughs) Okay. Challenges and trials and so forth. And I think the Lord is speaking to us this morning already. By, by the beginning, by the prayer that was made, we go through seasons in our lives. And, you know, a, a preacher said once that everybody right now, they're either coming out of a difficult situation, about to go in a difficult situation, or on in a difficult situation. But our, our lives seem to be this turmoil. You know, you come out of one thing and you're into another. Unfortunately, we live in a broken, fallen world. And there always seems to be something challenging us. But the Lord is encouraging us today because we've heard very clearly, and we need to remember this, we are not alone. You are never alone. No matter how lonely you might feel, how unique you might feel your situation is, and I speak for myself, every time I go through something, I cannot tend to say, hey, it just happens to me. You know, it's only me. Why me? You know, but then I hear other people and they say the same thing. Why? Because to you, your particular challenge It's your particular challenge, (laughs) of course. And for you, it's a massive thing. We need to understand this, that no matter what we are going through, we are not alone. Amen? You are not alone. And uh, today, we we start a two-part series called Walking in the Fire, based on Daniel chapter 3. Today, in part one, it's called Don't Sell Out. Don't sell out. And I think you're going to, you know, this Sunday and next Sunday, I hope really open your hearts and your minds to this chapter. Although it's a familiar story, but we are going to dig some things out of this, which I believe will be very encouraging, very enlightening. We're all familiar with the story of the three friends of Daniel that were walking in the furnace. However, as we take another look at Daniel chapter 3 today and next Sunday, I hope you'll see something Vitally important, vitally important to every one of us. This ancient story speaks to us today. And so watch out for it and look at the parallels between this story and what's happening with us corporately and maybe with you individually. As we take another look at Daniel chapter 3 today and next Sunday we will see that this story mirrors our lives today. From their actions, we will get insights on how to stay close to God and overcome the temptations, challenges, and trials that we face today. The Bible often speaks about fire. Sometimes it is talking about literal fires, like the fire of judgment of a Sodom and Gomorrah or the fires of hell. And very often it speaks about fire as a figure of speech. Amen? As a metaphor. Last month, we celebrated Pentecost. Amen? And I spoke to you about being fired up. Remember? Being fired up. Being fired up people. And how to fan that fire to stay on fire for God. Now, obviously, that was a metaphor. It was a a, a word used to illustrate a spiritual truth. None of us are really on fire, okay? 
it'll be a problem. <laughs> but, but when we say fire, be fired up in that sense, fire was a metaphor for zeal, for dedication, for obedience and commitment. When you are on fire for God, you are unashamedly committed to him, to God, and to his will. Did you hear that? Unashamedly committed to God and his will. And man, we need more people like that on the earth. Amen? We need more people like that in the church and in the world. People committed to God. But there are other metaphors for fire in the Bible. Fire is used of God's purifying action. Going through the fire. And it talks about putting us through the fire to purify us. It's often not a very pleasant experience. But a needed one. Because every precious thing that you might use, every precious metal that you might be um, you know, using today as jewelry, gold, silver, and so forth, that thing was purified by fire. When it started, it was just a useless lump of stuff. But once it, once it went through the fire and was purified, it became something very valuable, which we treasure. So it is used of God's purifying action. Fire is also used for God's anger against idolatry and other sins. You read in the Bible, and it's almost scary. Well, it is actually scary how angry God, God gets and is a consuming fire against these things. And then, of course, when speaking about the tongue and our use of words, the Bible says that our tongues can set the course of our lives on fire. It doesn't mean that you're going to get fired up, but it means it could get us into trouble by the words we speak. Huh? So fire in the Bible has both positive and negative meanings, just like fire in the natural. Fire can be used for good, or fire can bring destruction. When you've got a nice little bright fire going on, it is very good. You know, it's, it's being used to prepare something very nice. But when you've got wild, you know, forest fires, it is destructive. And so fire has these two sides to it. And in the Bible, fire has these two sides. In today's passage, we see both a literal fire and a metaphorical fire. We'll see both a good fire and a destructive fire, all wrapped up in this one story. And of course, our scripture today tells us the story of three men who find themselves in a similar position that many believers find themselves today. The story begins with the building of a golden image. Let's read in Daniel chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Nebuchadnezzar, I like to call him King Nebo, okay? Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and its worth six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Judah in the province of Babylon. And the king Nebuchadnezzar sent word, watch this, to gather together the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which King Nebo had set up. Hmm. Now, we are not told what this image was. 
Was it a human image? Was it something else, something symbolic? Was it maybe an obelisk? We don't know. All we know is it had unusual proportions. It was 10 times higher than it was wide. It was about 30 meters high by about 3 meters wide. All right? So it is a very weird kind of proportion. But the fact is he put this in a plane so everybody everywhere could see it. He's really stood out. And then he calls all the officials of his kingdom. Everybody with some sort of position that to come from wherever they were, come to Babylon to see the inauguration of this image. And here's what they had to do. Verses 4 and 6. <clears throat> then a herald cried, he cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages. That is everybody. That at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, psaltery, in symphony with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebo has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery Furnace. Wow, what a lovely motivation to get people to bow down to this image. Did you hear that? Everybody had to do it. You had no choice. King Nebo says so, you must do what King Nebo says. It's either that or you face the furnace, which means real fire, not metaphorical fire. Real fire. Now, we can compare what's happening here to the ideas that the world has for people today. <clears throat> what is happening here is what is generally happening in the world today as well. The world has a set of rules, of principles, of ideas, and they want to impose it on every body. Just like everybody had to conform to what the king said, today the world wants everybody to conform to what it says. And we've come to a point today where it's not subtle anymore. It's very much in your face what they want you to believe and what they want you to do. And, and the phrase that goes around is this, everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. Why aren't you doing it? Huh? You've got to fit in. And that's the idea of the world. Everybody's got to fit in. There is a general rebellion against God growing in this world of ours. Forget what God said. You must do what you want to do. Who is this God anyway? Why do you follow this ancient book? Don't even know if it's true, man. That's what they say. <laughs> okay. You are your own person. Do what you want to do. And of course, pride. Pride plays a big role in today's world. You are the master of your own destiny. Have you heard that? You are the master of your own destiny. You don't need anyone or anything telling you what to do with your life. Now, in a sense, that is true because you get to choose and decide what you want to do. But pride says, I don't need anybody. I don't need you or you or you or God. 
I am my own master. I'll decide what I do with my life. And that's dangerous. Because without the creator of life, you're nothing. You're going to be destroyed. Hmm? But that's what the world says. Come on. You are the master of your own destiny. Don't listen to what other people say. Don't listen to God and religion and that stuff. Okay? Just like those people in Babylon, whenever the music played, they had to do something. The world wants you to dance to their music today as well. Follow the world. They say, man, we've researched and we found the best way to get ahead. We found that this is good for you and that is good for you. Do it our way, conform to our standards. And actually, lower your standards a little bit. You don't have to be so rigid, so strict. All this morality stuff, just, just drop it a little bit, man. Come on, let's just enjoy life. Just do it. You heard about that? Just do it. <laughs> That's the world for you. Now, these three Jewish men felt the pressure of the world around them. Here are all the, the leaders, the, the people of position in the kingdom. They're all united in this one place. And everybody is doing it. They feel this pressure upon them as well. But apart from the king's declaration and the predicament it placed these guys in, they also had to deal with betrayal. Because whenever that music played, it wasn't just once, it was a few times, it was a regular thing. Every time the music played, everybody bowed down. Then the music stopped, they got up and chatted, they blah, 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 just on music again. Oh, here we go. Now, these three men did not bow. They were very obedient to the king. They were servants in the kingdom. They were men with responsibilities. And they did their job well. But when it came to this, they did not bow. And this caused some officers of the court to accuse them to the king. So apart from the pressure, the social pressure that was upon them, they had to deal with betrayal. Verses 12 and 13. Some officers of the court came to the king and they told the king, there are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. And the king said, Oh, it's okay. It's their choice. No way. Verse 13. Then Nebuchadnezzar in rage and fury gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. You see, just like these men were being watched, you know what? You are being watched as well. You might not realize it, but we are being watched all the time. Because the world is ready to betray you too. The world wants you and I to conform to their standards, to dance to their music. They want to see you conform. They are enraged by our beliefs and practices. 
How can you believe all this biblical stuff in a day like this? This is 2022, man. We have evolved, you know. We've got knowledge. We've got science. How can you believe this stuff? Do you really believe that, you know, being goody-goody and, and living the way you do is really going to cause a difference? Come on. They are furious that we insist on right and wrong. And if you dare say something to them, oh, how dare you judge me? Who do you think you are to judge me? Now, you're not judging. You, you're just saying this is right and this is wrong. You're basically picking fruit. If I go to an orange tree and I pick a fruit out, I cut it open and I taste it, it tastes like orange, I say, oh, this is an orange. I'm not judging the fruit. I'm just picking fruit and declaring what it is. I go to a lemon tree, I cut it open, go, this is a lemon. Am I judging the fruit? No. I'm identifying the fruit. I'm just picking fruit. And if you, if, you, if you spend time with me and, and you see me lying and cheating, you say, Valdir, man, you know, well, yeah, that, was, that was, you lied, man, you cheated. You're judging me, you're judging me. And you're not judging, you, you're picking fruit out of my life. But when we try to pick fruit out of the world, just reflect a little bit what's happening, you're judging me. <clears throat> this is the 21st century, or whatever you are now. <laughs> you see, today there are no standards except mine. You know the whole thing, I've got my truth, you've got yours. You, you mind your business, I'll mind mine. You live your life, I'll live my life. That's the way the world thinks. Hmm. They want to force us into their mold. Be like us or get left out. Don't upset the system, man. And of course, they mock our God. You think your God is going to make a difference? And then they use the name of our God in vain. As a cussing word, a swear word, just to express frustration. Hmm. But now, these three men, these three guys, they dared to be different in a society that was all going one direction, all doing the same thing. These guys dared to be different. Now, the king was burning with rage and fury and ready to throw these men in the fire, if they did not submit and bow down to the image. But you see, here's another kind of fire. These guys, these guys, they were on fire too. <laughs> okay? But from a different source. They were fired up by the word of God. Amen? They were on fire for God. <laughs> and you need men and women today with fire from God and on fire for God. Let's read what took place next. Verses 15 to 19. So the king tells him, he says, Now, if you are ready, at the time you hear the sound of the horn, a flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, in symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, it's all good. Everything is fine. <laughs> but if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Hmm. 
And this kind of approach has been used to challenge many believers. In countries where people are persecuted for their faith, this is what is used as well. Now, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, verse 16, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. In other words, they have no need to argue or discuss this with the king. He said, if that is the case, if this is what you put before us, bow or burn, if that's the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, even if we burn up in the furnace, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. And the king said, wow, boys, I admire your commitment. Look at this, guys. Did you guys hear that? Huh? These guys are men of principle. Hey? They are dedicated men. Wow. Uh-uh. Verse 19. Then King Nebo was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed, changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. Man, this king now is burning with a fire of anger and wants to destroy these men. So he gets that fire going seven times more than usual. Now you see, <laughs> that's what the world wants to do with us sometimes. They're really angry with us when we just simply declare, no, I'm going to follow my Lord. I'm going to follow the biblical principles. I'm going to follow God. Yo, what? <laughs> and some of them, if they could, they'd throw us in a, in a fiery furnace. But we need men today, men and women, who have real faith in God. You see, they didn't answer without considering the consequences. Okay? They had counted the cost. They did say, even if we burn up there, look, we, we, we're going to trust God to deliver us from the fire. Okay? And God will deliver us from you, O king. One way or the other, God's going to deliver them from the king. <laughs> but, said, but even if we're burning there, we're still not going to bow down. We'd rather die and honor our God because we know where our future is. We know when we leave this life, where we go into. We know who we have to give an account to when this life is over. We'd rather do that then bow down to you and live a few more years. Like, come on, guys. It was just a golden image. Couldn't these guys have taken a quick bow and moved on with their lives? Do they have to anger the king like this? And yet, how often do we as Christians just take a little gentle bow to the world and not to upset things? We compromise a little bit. Just to kind of blend in, to fit in, not to have to get the heat, not to be thrown in the furnace. I mean, God will forgive me. God is a forgiving God, right? 
These men were prepared for whatever came their way. They had counted the cost. And we need to understand the consequences. We need to prepare for pressure as well. Because following Christ sometimes brings pressure upon our lives. They were courageous in their answer. And we need people with courage today as well. That when the world and people, when, when circumstances face them, they can speak with courage. People who are not shaped by the world, but are shaped by the word. Amen? Remember, it is the word of God which fuels the fire in us. We need people, men and women, who are fueled by the word. Hallelujah. Shaped by the word. And they rested their lives in God's hands. It's okay, we're in God's hands. That's it. You do what you must do. We in God's hands. And we need men and women who trust God. We need people filled with the Holy Spirit. People who are born again and who follow the Lord wholeheartedly. We need men and women who will not sell out. That's what these boys didn't do. These men could have done that. They could have sold out. You know, they could have compromised. They didn't. They were prepared for whatever God determined to do. And listen, God didn't promise us that it would always be easy. No way in the Bible do you find a verse which says, follow me and your life will be easy. There'll be roses along the way, sunshine every day, hallelujah. In fact, you read the Bible, it's kind of scary sometimes when you see the tribulations which God's people often go through. And Jesus said very clearly, hey, you follow me, you'll have tribulation. In this world, you'll have tribulation. Not in the next world, but in this world. Be prepared to suffer because it's the way it is. But keep in mind that it is a next world. Keep in mind that it is eternity. And that's what really counts. Our time here is very short in comparison to the next world, in comparison to eternity. And they were prepared. They were prepared. Amen? Faith brings persecution. And persecution tests our faith. It is to say, oh, I believe in Jesus. It is to get together, they get together, yeah, and, and say, amen, hallelujah, praise God, sing, shout, dance. But I want to see it out there in our day-to-day -day lives when we get challenged, when our principles get challenged, when our, when, when our faith gets challenged, you know, when, when, when you have to, to make decisions which now involve the world and the word, what are we going to do? And that's what it counts. Whatever may come, they were totally committed to God. And my question to you, church, today, are you totally committed to God? Are you strong enough just to rest in Christ? Or are you selling out today? Is God enough for you? Or do you need God and? Mm. These men, three of them, were thrown in the fire. The king was so furious at their response that he commanded them to eat the fire seven times more than usual. Listen, it was so hot, as you read that chapter, it was so hot that the flame of the fire killed the strong men who carried them to the furnace. We don't know how many there were, but 
I don't know, one or two for each man. I don't know. Wherever the number of guys was, as they approached the furnace, the flames killed the guys, and these three men went into the fire. Verse 23 to 25. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. And he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Ha <laughs> ha! Talk about a miracle. Talk about a miracle. Here's the truth, folks. If we put God first, we will feel the heat. Guaranteed. Depending on where you are, depending on where you live, what part of the world, what you know, circumstances you live in, you might have less heat or more heat, but the fact is this. You follow God, you're going to feel the heat. The world is enraged by our faith, and they increase the heat. They apply the pressure. They throw us into the fire. They say, let's see what your God is going to do now. We'll force you or we'll kill you. We'll kill your faith. We'll destroy your beliefs. <laughs> but those men were not alone in the fire. They had company. Three went in, four were walking in the fire. Amen. And we are never alone in the fires of the world. Jesus is there with us. He is with us in our trials. And the world sees Jesus best when we are in the fire. Those men were untouched by the fire. Not a hair was singed. They were untouched by the flames. Their garments were still complete. You see, the fire of the world can't burn our garments of righteousness, which Christ has bought for us. When we stick to the Lord and we go into the fire that the world sets up for us, yeah, they may ridicule, they might point, but our garment of righteousness is not touched. There was no smell of fire on them. You see, people on fire for God will not be influenced by the fires of the world. We won't be scared by the world's fire because we've got a greater fire burning in us. Let's look at the result of their fiery experience. Daniel chapter 3 verse 28. Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying, Blessed be the God. <laughs> of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Wow. A king was furious at them a few minutes ago. Now he's blessing their God. As a result of their fire, their witness was upheld and people turned to God. People acknowledged God. People realized the truth of their God. And also, 
they were promoted by the king. As we read that chapter further, they were promoted by the king. When we go through trials, but remain steadfast in our faith, two things happen. Our witness is upheld, and people do turn to God. When our witness is upheld, God's power is seen. The testimony of God is witnessed. People say, man, you are crazy, but, but you stick into it. And it's working for you. <laughs> Given long enough, they're going to see. But this is a, a change in your life. And some people will be drawn to that change. They might start pointing fingers at you and ridiculing you, but then they'll come to you. <laughs> people turn to God. People see the result of God's work in your life. And people want what we've got. God will use men and women on fire to draw people to himself. <laughs> Listen, the fire of the world is hot. And these men had to face real fire. Most believers face the fire of persecution, mockery, belittling, ridicule, or just being made to feel out. The world wants us to fit in. Everybody is doing it, whatever it might be at that moment. So, when it happens to you, are you going to face the heat and stay firm? Or are you going to sell out? These three men, they took the challenge and they went into the fire. They had hope that they would be saved, but they had no guarantee. However, they knew one thing. Whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. That's it. Throughout history, from time to time, God has intervened and miraculously, miraculously saved people out of death, like in these guys. Other times, not. Other times, people of faith have trusted God and they've gone on to eternity. I remember during the, during the 80s, there was heavy persecution in Russia with believers, and we had contact with believers there. And we, we heard a story of about 10 Christians. They were in prison, in, the, in, the, in those, those you know, very cold prisons. And then because they refused to reject their faith, all 10 of them were sentenced to death. And the death was the fallen. They went to a, to a frozen lake, to the margin of a frozen lake. The guards were there, you know, the big Russian guards. And one by one, each Christian had to take their clothes off, undress, because it's very cold, undress, and then start walking. And just keep walking across the lake. And the first one came, undressed, and he began to walk. And he walked, and he walked, and he walked, and somewhere halfway through the lake, he just collapsed, and he passed away. The second one did the same thing. And so they went, one by one by one. And everyone, before they would start, the gods would ask him, do you reject your faith or you're going to die? And from the first one, second one, third one, no, I, I'm not going to reject my faith. Jesus is Lord. And off they went. When the 10th one came, he had been watching his friends dying out there. So when his turn came, he said, no, no, I, it's okay. I, I'd rather live. I I, I, re I reject my faith. And one of the guards that was standing there, 
He said, in that case, I am going to go in your place. I am going to put my faith in your Jesus. And he said, why? He says, I've been watching those guys. And every single one of them, every time, every time he falls down, I see an angel comes and fetches him and takes him up. Every single one. And I want to go there. So here, you hold my clothes now. And that guard took his clothes off. And he went ahead. True story. You see, sometimes we have to pay the ultimate price for our faith. Most of us will not have to. Most of us will just have the pressure, the heat of what you believe and your morals and your this and your that. Most of us here, maybe most of us watching, listening, will not have to pay with our lives. We don't know. And yet, how often do we compromise? How often do we sell out on our faith? And folks, the word of God is really clear to us. In these days we're living in, we cannot sell out. We have to face the world. Be a witness. Amen? Be a witness. Yes, the fire of the world is hot, but I'll say it again. The fire of God inside us is much greater than any fire the world may throw us into. You believe that? We need men and women filled with the fire of God. We need people who place their very lives in the hands of God. We need people who will make a stand for Jesus Christ. Will you be one of those people? Eh? Amen. I want to encourage you to go and read chapter 3. Of Daniel. Go read this week. We're going to talk again about it again next week. Uh, we're going to come back next week again to this passage and we're going to learn how we can prepare and be ready to face the heat like these men were. Okay? But in the meantime, go and read chapter 3 again. Familiar, familiarize a bit more with the story. There's so much in this chapter 3 of Daniel that can help us. But I pray this morning you have been challenged to hold on. Amen? To stay firm, not to sell out, but to trust God and live your faith out for Him. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Let's pray. Let's stand up and let us pray. Father, I pray for your people today, Lord. Those watching, those listening online here. And Lord, you know, Father, the different kinds of challenge that each one is going through. You know, the, the heat that the world is putting on them. The heat of trials and tribulations. The heat of problems. Even the heat of not fully trusting you or not fully obeying you. But this morning we come before you, Lord God, in repentance, in surrender, Lord. Just like these three men, Lord, we, we want to come before you and say, Lord, we surrender our lives to you, Lord God. We will not sell out. We will trust in you no matter what, Father, because we know that you will deliver us. 
you know that in the end, all will be well. And so, Father, I pray your blessing upon your people. Help us, Lord God, to be steadfast. No matter what pressures this world puts on us. I pray for your strength. I pray for miracles, Father, in people's lives. I pray for healings. I pray for provision in Jesus' name. I pray for a return of joy. I pray for restoration and restitution in Jesus' name. So your name may be glorified in each one of our lives, Lord. Hallelujah. So now may the love of God the Father, the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit remain with each one of us as we remain faithful to God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you again next Sunday for the continuation of the study of this chapter. God bless you.